0: My name is Mary Grace, and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here, we explore embodiment as interstellar beings, practicing how to live more fully as creatures of both the stars and the earth. These spiritually and artfully-minded conversations intersect astrology, creative practices, intuition, magic, healing, poetry, and a deep love for the natural world— My hope is to enliven you so we can co-create possible regenerative futures, to encourage you so together we can become dynamic agents of beauty, fully awake with our power intact. Let us be intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life, and let's make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Welcome everyone. My guest today is Miranda from Mariposa Journal, and today we cover a spectrum of topics from the perspective of
1: plant medicine, including her experience in the fashion and clean beauty industries, and how plants ask us to approach healing a little bit differently than Western medicine does. Recording this episode felt very much like a flower that started about bud size and then just slowly, softly opens and unfurls gracefully as we spoke, and I'm really happy to share it with you today. If you're looking for an astrological forecast episode, you can find the astro forecast for December two episodes back from this one. I will also link it in the show notes below where you can hear all about the major transits happening, I'm um, including the full moon in Gemini, the upcoming Venus retrograde, and all of the Jupiter moving into Pisces coming up at the end of the month and
0: a lot more. So go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. And as we announced last week, the doors to Kin are officially open right now. So I'll briefly mention it here. And the
1: doors close on December 19th for our upcoming session. So Kin is our membership platform that's focused on learning, reflection, and tools that are in service to your courage, your creativity, and the connections needed for building more regenerative lives, more
0: liberated economies, more meaningful relationships with our purpose and becoming more in reciprocal in our relationship with one another and the
1: world around us. So if you'd like to learn more about Kin and check it out, there are links below where that will take you to where you can find more information. Back to today's episode, Miranda is a boricua curandera and the founder of Mariposa. Mariposa was created with
0: the purpose of sharing and uplifting the intersections of healing, eco and social liberation with reverence. And she's studying to be an herbalist and carries the ancestral
1: lineage of her grandmother's medicine woman ways. Miranda is also the host of the Healer series podcast, and you can find all the links to what she's up to, including her virtual healing workshops at the links below. So you should check those out. for sure. In our conversation, we talk about herbs for healing and beautifying the skin, including the magical simplicity of a facial steam, which I'd actually kind of forgotten about until she brought it up. We talk about the complexity of plants and how they show up differently for different people and some of the big picture differences between how herbalism approaches healing and how Western medicine approaches healing and some of our personal stories around that. This is not an either or conversation. And Miranda also shares about why it's important for us to take our power back when it comes to our bodies and our health and how plants can help us, you know, learn to listen to ourselves,
0: learn to listen also to the natural world, and then start to build that bridge towards healing and trust. So enjoy this episode.
1: Welcome to the Homebody Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on, and I like to invite everyone to kick off the conversation by inviting us into how you would like us to know you. What feels top of who you are today that you'd like to share with us, that you'd like to invite us into in how we approach this conversation and our listening.
2: Thank you for having me, Mary Grace. Um, My name is Miranda. I am an herbalist to be. I'm a Philadelphia native and um my lineage is of the puerto rican diaspora so my grandmother was a medicine woman and her medicine woman ways and durandera ways i'm always discovering and rediscovering and remembering um i started mariposa about two years ago in 2020 or almost two years ago i already think we're in 2022 um to kind of share different healing modalities to uplift curanderas and to really show the relationship between caretaking the earth and caretaking ourselves as uh, parts of the earth.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. How, um, as far as the relationship between caring for ourselves and caring for the earth, where do you see those? primary intersections in your practice or the people that you speak with or how you write about it? And where do you see some of the biggest disconnections potentially, or how are those related? Um, for me, it's, it's,
2: it was a journey to get to this place, which is why I share it with others. Um, because first it started with looking at, you know, things I'd been through in my life and. Navigating through that and then coming to a place where realizing that, you know, I am the earth and really bringing that relationship full circle. Because I think we're so inundated with information and ways of disconnection and ways of escapism and ways of avoidance and that it damages that relationship. And so it was just about. Yeah, I the the word that keeps coming to mind is a remembrance, like remembering that I'm part of this whole picture. So when it comes to taking care of the earth and when it comes to um that stewardship that we innately have, I think it's just about remembering that. So the questions that I ask is how can I help others to remember in the same ways that I've had teachers and guides and mentors and reflections of people that help me remember.
1: Yeah. Um, I was looking through some of your bio and I'm interested in potentially some of that remembering or revelating that may have happened for you between studying fashion and then feeling or finding an invitation from the natural world. Um, There's a way that I think since we are integrated and interwoven with what the earth is and what this planet is, that the natural world helps us become who we are and how we know who we are. And so I think that's a little bit of how I'm interested in looking at this part of your story um, and what some of that transition or what that realization was for you and moving from, you know, the fashion world into, Well, now studying herbalism and feeling more of a a mission behind helping people remember that connection.
2: Thank you for asking that question. It's kind of where it all started for me. Um, I was studying fashion in New York City (laughs) and um, it was at Parsons and it was very intense. Um, It was the business side of fashion. So, you know, there was it was about consumption and selling and marketing Um, so even, even though there was aspects of like design and creation, I was very much focused on, um, different aspects of it. And thankfully not to plug my school, but thankfully we also understood about, we had classes on sustainability and classes on realizing that everything we created would have an impact, um, socially, ecologically, and what that would mean but it really uh landed on me deeper when i was i was studying abroad in paris and my friends wanted to go to ibiza which you know normally people think like the dj's you know the party all of that but it was the um off season so we had a really low key time and i remember at the time it was so quiet that i just said how do people live here? Like, it's so quiet. I've been a city girl my whole life. I didn't understand that. And I really appreciate the words you use. It really was an invitation to nature and like a calling and a remembrance that happened there for me. Um, I ended up visiting an ecological center and I said, I want to come back here, excuse me, and stay here. And um, then I had returned and really, yeah, the plants called the flowers called, uh that invitation that brought me in shifted everything from understanding like this world that i was heading into was very heavily based on uh consumption and the fast pace and what it and what the real impacts were of it on the world and the environment versus working with another beautiful um i don't want to call nature a medium but in some ways, um, shifting from fashion to another medium that is gorgeous, which is the plants and the nature. And they were just calling me and they wanted me to know them. Like I would walk at the ecological center, I'd walk by a bush or a plant and I'd like, I know, I want to know this name. I want to know its powers. I know it has powers. There was just this curiosity and intrigue that was insatiable that I just had to keep following. And that's what kind of steered me away And then return, just to mention with that as well, I have feel like I've learned that there can be ways that we do fashion that are more in line with taking care of the earth. Um, You know, seeing seeing friends work with plant dyes, seeing um, ways to honor the plants and not to just use them and consume them, but to really build our relationship with them. And I think that can be done through fashion as well. Um, It's just that, fashion as we know it is not that way
1: yeah definitely not on a big scale I think some of the people that have really I mean Christy Dawn's company sounds stands out to me as a really shining example of making a huge effort towards like what could a regenerative fashion model look like um and like the fabric has a vibe (laughs) because it's just been stewarded like so well and it just feels amazing and I'm very inspired by what they're doing Um, I feel Um, like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the, I love that you were, the plants were like inviting me to know them. Like I really wanted to know them. And it feels like there was potentially a, a connection there, but through learning about plants or feeling a calling about plants to also reconnecting with a sense of, of ancestry and like lineage that perhaps you hadn't, um, tapped into quite as intentionally before. Um, Did those things feel interrelated to you, at least in your experience and in your practice and how you've been learning?
2: Definitely. Um, I want to go back to the Christy Dawn comment because they were actually one of the brands that were in my brain as I was thinking um, or talking about that. And with them, I just want to mention that the way that they approach it in terms of going back to the soil and really starting from there. And I just think that that's so important in their philosophy and in their um, ecosystem and also to share with others that it's, it's such a, from the ground up process, which can be a metaphor for so many things when it comes to healing or nature and the trees, like it's applies to all those things. So I just wanted to mention that because they were a brand that was crossing my mind as I was thinking about um, fashion being done in a different way and a great example, and model of that. Um, And then Yes. In terms of your question, it was a long journey to get to there, um, to the interwoven place of understanding my ancestry. It actually came a little bit later. Um, so I had this shift. I went to the ecological center, came back and was like, I, I'm i done with fashion, you know, that big um, dramatic moment and started navigating in other ways, but knew that I still wanted to somehow be um, linked to like women-owned businesses. So I worked for a while in the natural skincare and clean beauty industry. And what I'd realized through that is I was working with it in a very mainstream um, sort of whitewashed way. And I didn't realize that this was in my own blood, like in mi sangre, like in my hands was this knowledge of working and having a relationship to the plants. I was just learning it through a different route. And then with the passing of my grandmother, that like recognition really came through of understanding. Okay. This is something you've already known. This vehicle that you've been in again, has just been the route to take you to that remembrance. Um, So that, that did come in later for me. Um, that invitation took me a long way. And then meeting that part of myself that, you know, had been there and Abuela coming through strong, really um, on the other side, actually, like really, really, I had that moment of clarity.
1: Yeah, it feels like Yeah. And mentioning like the whitewashing of clean beauty, (laughs) clean beauty where it's, um, I think there are, oh, there is a ginormous hawk sitting on the roof outside of my window, just looking right here. I just noticed that. And I just needed to bring that into the conversation. Hello. What's up?
2: Hello, friend. It just
1: caught me so off guard. I was like, hello. I hear them outside all the time, but they're not always just sitting right outside my window. Um greetings uh anyways yes the the way that we market things as natural or as clean when it's really sometimes just um it really is just like a different wrapper Uh, i think there are people out there that are really trying to um, do things that are regenerative that are in alignment with like what plants can truly offer us that are trying to intersect between like our healing and what's good for us, which is also can be good for the planet or is good for the planet and vice versa. Um, so thanks for just like bringing that to top of mind. And, and so it sounds like there was like a real like desire in you to reconnect to something a little more original or something to a little more direct or a little more, um, I guess, pure, I guess, for lack of a better word, something that was outside of the what you would consider mainstream or outside of the simply like, um, consume as much as possible, as much as possible. Um, outline. And does that feel true? I don't want to put words into your mouth.
2: It definitely feels true. For sure. Yeah. And it just made me think like those things were kind of like I was trying to satiate my appetite, but what really made me feel full was like returning to to the purity, to the thing that was authentic. So yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what was, I imagine that I think from then, like learning about skincare and kind of getting a little more directly into like herbs that you can use for your skin or ways that we've been working with plants for either beautification purposes or for healing purposes around that. It's something that's been around for a really long time and Lots of different cultures. Um, What are some of the herbs that really excite you when thinking about the skin or working with the skin? What do you use? What are some of the um, kind of obvious choices or things that people could navigate to? How do you use them? What are some of those entry points?
2: There's so many. There's so, so many. But um, I'll share the popular ones. And I'll say that there are so many again, but that to the more you know yourself and your skin, the more you can pick one that is truly meant to be in relationship with you. And that might change week to week or month to month or year to year or season to season. Um, one's that are really popular and that I find that are super effective and also accessible, uh calendula is really healing for the skin and that can be for all skin types. Um, just super soothing and I actually like to use it in a facial steam. Um, I think it's a beautiful way to like Just feel that steam, feel the presence of it and let all of the volatile oils kind of seep into the skin and give you that um, medicine that it has to offer. And yeah, they're a flower of the sun. So they follow the sun and they have that vitality. um, So we can think about when working with it, applying that to whatever we're working with, whether it's the skin or um, internally. And one that's in a similar vein in terms of having that sun and vitality, but definitely more soothing and supportive to like any, um, any redness or any inflammation or irritation in that way is also chamomile is a beautiful one. And these can also just be taken internally as a tea, uh, which is, I think, one of my favorite ways to work with the herbs because it's so simple and yet so powerful. Uh, another one that came to mind, comfrey is a supportive one to those that struggle with um, acne, not necessarily, you don't want to use it on open wounds or things like that, but uh, it's really a wound healer in terms of like irritation that comes up on the skin. Uh, Again, not open wounds, but um, anything that's, you know, needs really some healing, comfrey is really supportive too there's so many it's like where do I where do I start and where do I end but i would say those three are really nice places to start and i think yeah as much as you could look for them in a product or in an ingredient i think building a relationship with them whether it's visiting them at your local garden or like all those things i there's a spiritual element and an energetic element to them as well so you can call them in whatever way suits you I, again, I really love facial seams. Um, oh, this is the other one I wanted to mention. Um, I almost forgot is rose hips. It's really high in vitamin C. So it's going to be supportive and brightening to the skin, especially if, if we're someone that has sun damage or has spends a lot of time in the sun, which a lot of us do. Yeah. I think I'll leave it with those.
1: Yeah. I love all of those and it can be such an interesting relationship to see like, what are you naturally what are you drawn to? What smells good to you? Like Roman chamomile is like the most amazing smell in the whole world to me. Like I can't, I grew it in my garden this year and I would just like go outside every day and rub my hands on it. And just be like, oh my God, how is this smell even real?
2: That is the best? Like just rubbing your hands. There's so much lavender where I live and I just go around on people's bushes and <laughs> gently and lovingly give it a little rub and
1: then just like Take my hands and put it on my face. It feels
2: so soothing and so wonderful.
1: Yeah. I, when you, I think of facial steams, it's something that my grandmother always did, but she didn't use herbs. Like she would use it primarily for like, um, like nasal drip or things like that. It was literally like she would just put a towel over her head, over a pot, just steam for a while. And I always thought I hated when she made me do it. I always thought it was the silliest thing in the whole world. Um, but she swore by it. And now I'm like, totally just like becoming my grandmother. Um, Sometimes <laughs> So much putting flowers in it instead. But, yeah. It's
2: so supportive in so many ways. The congestion, she, she knew what she was doing. They are yeah. So smart, and it's like come so natural.
1: Yeah. And she always reminded me, too. I mean, pretty much everything, it was like, we'll put you over a facial steam or you can gargle with salt water. Like, those were pretty much your only choices. And she always reminded me, she's no, like, we grew up, like, we couldn't afford to go to the doctor. Like, we, A, they're like, they were really far away. B, we didn't have any money. And so it was like, what can we do with what we have to, and it was like gargling salt water, facial steams. And so it's really, really simple. And a lot of those practices, um, like they work and they're just profoundly accessible and simple because of that.
2: Exactly. That's, there's so much beauty in that.
1: It's like, go outside, pick a favorite flower, put it in some water and then put your face over it, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun.
2: And internal um, and beauty benefits, like when when
1: yeah. <laughs> I think that's something interesting that I, I love about, because working with plants, it's also like really it's unpacking and it's addressing some of how we approach what healing looks like and how we interact with substances, for lack of a better word. Like we think of a lot of times when we think of medicine just because we've been raised in such a like um, kind of pharmaceutical industrial complex that, you know, it's like if it's not made out of. God knows what. And it has this like very, like those things, like they have a very targeted function and they only do this one thing. And then they have like a bunch of side effects because they're only designed to do this one thing. But with a plant, it's like, you can drink a tea and it helps your skin. You can put it on your face and it helps your digestion. Like it has this way that it's, it's complex. Like we are, it speaks to all of life like we do. And so it integrates and it's a kind of a different approach to how we would think of healing um, as opposed to something that kind of goes in like a missile. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think as someone who is training to be an herbalist and really immersing yourself in all of that, do you have any thoughts or agreements or disagreements around that or things that feel really um, that stand out to you as far as how working with plants kind of changes our understanding of healing?
2: Yes, there's so many things. And I agree with all of what you said and just echoing that they are a whole being like us. They are complex. They have, um, they're multidimensional. They're a spiritual being as much as their physical being. They, um, have different relationships to each of us. I, one of my favorite things of moving and being more in communities with herbalists and plant lovers and plant people is hearing their different stories with the different plants. Um, this one just came to mind. So I'll share it, but like Borage for me is about courage. And I remember I shared it online and someone shared with me, like how much it helped them get through a grieving process. And so maybe it was courage, but also for them, those were the words that came up and that was a relationship that was being built there. So understanding, yeah, that they are these whole complex beings that have so much to offer. And that's why I think working with them, especially in a medicinal way is so supportive because exactly what you said, you know, working with something that's like this missile, this, and it's kind of, um, parallels and echoes the fashion sentiment of like consumption and also wanting things quick and fast and targeted, but herbal medicine and plant medicine is a slow medicine. And it's something that we've moved so far away from that, sometimes it's hard for us to get used to, but again, it's just us remembering. And even when we're talking about your grandma and the facial seam and just even recognizing that, okay, if you do a facial seam, it might not cure, but like if you do it and it starts to relieve the symptoms that are around that, and then maybe starting to slowly go in on the, the root cause of maybe why the congestion is coming up or whatever the case might be. And then same thing with like the tea, like when I suggest herbal teas to people or like hear certain um, relationships to having tea, a lot of people give up quicker than um, they can even get to the place of seeing something shift or change in them. And I understand that because we grow up where, you know, everything's at the tip of our fingers, everything's so fast, but slowness is our nature. Nature is slow. We are nature, so all of that, just remembering that, and also letting the relationships go where they need to. I have been for years in a relationship with Tulsi, um, holy basil, and it only deepens. And it's like, and there's other plants that, borage for for one, like grew in my garden so abundantly, and then I said goodbye to it. And right now I'm not working with borage. So the relationships evolve and change. Um, but I think deepening them with the, with the ones that are right for you in any given moment is really the, the power and the beauty and the way of connecting back to the earth of connecting back to ourselves. I work with a practitioner who really landed this on me. She, um, her practice is called Nowadays on Earth. Her name is Kalpana, and she does ecosomatics. And she talks about how the plants are essentially pieces of reflections of ourselves. So, for example, Tulsi is such a plant of, like, expansion and abundance to me. So maybe what Tulsi is reflecting back to me is those parts of myself. And when I work with it, maybe it's just bringing that side of myself out more than me trying to do it on my own. Not that I couldn't do it on my own, but the plant has those components. So this is why our relationship is evolving and deepening. And, you know, you ask the plant what it needs and what it wants from you as well as you receive gifts from the plant.
1: Yeah. And there's all sorts of like poetic and sort of magical and also chemical ways that we could look at how we're getting what we need (laughs) from that thing. It makes me think of when we have, let's say like friendships or relationships with people that we're all getting a different side of a person. Like there's no, we all experience that person differently because we are, um, we're pulling out different fractals of them essentially and i think i was thinking of that when you were talking about a plant how like borage is this thing to you but this other person experiences borage kind of like that way and it's not that the plant is changing but we're bringing we're meeting each other in different ways just like we all experience um like i'm never going to experience my spouse as my child right it's a different relationship and i'm never going to get to see them in that way and that's fine um but it's just like complex and so full and rich in that way i think um I think, too, some of what the like we are used to all of those things coming super immediately. And I find a lot of the time when we talk about healing because we have been so mm, shaped again by the sort of medical industrial complex to have it like we don't mm, we want to leave with a pill that manages a symptom. We don't want to have to change. And I think that's where plants—they're only going to meet us so far. <laughs> and so, the rest of say that, same, girl. I mean, like <laughs> and, and it's like you're going. If you want to heal, you have to change. Period. If you want more of what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. And a pill can sure make this pain go away until we have. You know, I'm not saying like all pills are bad all the time. Like, let's not. I'm not going to go there right now, but. I'm saying that there's a different kind of relationship and it's a different call towards healing, that feeling healing is different from fixing or healing is different than masking a symptom or it, healing invites us into a process during which we undergo transformation. And we can either say yes to that or we cannot, but they're two very different perspectives and journeys, I think.
2: Totally. Western medicine definitely comes from a place of, um, The opposite of preventative, I can't think of the word right now, but that's where herbs and um and food and all of that, that you know, technically that would go under the category of preventative medicine, whereas the pills and are all in an emergency state and it's in um in a completely different um approach. And I think that there is room for both, but what we have right now is just it's so disheartening and upsetting. And there's a lot of history to it as well that I started learning as I was in herbal school, which I'm so grateful that my teacher showed us that just to understand why it's so embedded in these systems and why then it's embedded in our own, um, our own psyches of how we approach healing and how we approach medicine. And exactly what you said, you're like taking, you know, words and just really hitting the nail on the head there, but it does take the willingness to change and that's another thing that I think is really hard for people and I can understand that completely but we're changing like every moment like every second naturally but then when it comes to like creating change in our own life or wanting to see change within there is I think for the most part a resistance and I think that's changing uh in terms of like collectively and individually, but I think that there is so much to be said in terms of that willingness to change and adapt. And again, like I said, just remember, like, you know, remember what your grandmom did, remember what these different ways of approaching healing where they come from and giving yourself grace and realizing that you're a whole complex being and all of these different avenues. It's, Yeah, I think a lot about um, the Flexner Report, which was a report where a businessman essentially went to a bunch of medical schools and dictated the future of like the pharmaceutical industry and what being a doctor meant and lowering accessibility and, you know, calling herbalism quackery and, Trying to debunk it so that people looked at it as something to be skeptical about. When in reality, like our grandmothers are doing it, you know, just looking there and um, going back to that, as opposed to being told what's best for us. Because that's another thing is getting to know yourself on a level. I always like to say that you're you're your greatest caretaker. Because of course, there's practitioners and there's healers and community and all of that support, but you know yourself best, I hope. And I think, and I really, for me, that's where it begins is understanding. Even if we go into like the herbalist, understanding your own constitution and then understanding a plants and then creating relationship and healing through that, it really starts there. And we've been taught to not know ourselves and to go to, you know, a doctor and I'm, and there's a time and a place for a doctor and there's a time and a place for Western medicine, but there's also so much else out there that we can do to support ourselves.
1: Yeah. What you're describing is such a like colonial move, right? <laughs> to be like everything you've been doing sucks. This thing that you don't, that this practice that you means you don't have to buy anything, <laughs> uh, is that we're going to call it quackery so that then we can funnel you into a system, uh, so that you can buy things from us. And, and that's how we have what we have today, which, and it, it is disempowering. And it, we have been trained to not trust our bodies. Um, we've been trained to not be listened to, and then we stop listening to ourselves because we're like, oh, I'm not, well, I haven't been to medical school. Like, I don't know what I need. And I, we just totally completely divest all of our, um, sense of knowing. And some of us have never known how to know, you know, I was thinking when you were, well, do you have anything? I was just um, responding to what you said, but.
2: No, yes to all of that. And exactly what you said, like how much, you know, you plant a seed, you grow it. It's like, and this is another topic that's been coming up in my realm, but that the fact that we pay for seeds when like you have a garden, you, you grow a plant, it drops the seeds, you keep the seeds, like say you keep that in your family forever, for how long, and you just have this thing that's taking care of you and you're taking care of it and you don't need to go to the you know buy a supplement or this or that and it that dependence and that reliability that they've created for us the colonial way the capitalist way it's so prevalent so i'm really just echoing what you were saying
1: yeah gardening has really helped me see so much of like how it it is such a naturally regenerative and abundant system um And some of the scales just came, I was like, oh, it just gives me all the, it gives me like a bazillion more seeds than I could ever use in this garden. Like it is a natural, um, process of like nourishment and abundance. That's really, um, helped me re-understand how we approach like so much of our, our systems. And I was thinking about, When you were talking earlier, how I had, I got really sick, like in my 20s. I was like dating someone who was like very high stress. I was being mega codependent, uh, which I didn't realize. And I had all this like crazy skin stuff going on. And I was like, I've just got to fix the skin stuff so that I can be with this person. And I would like go to this doctor and go to this doctor. And they're like, you will just go away. I'm like, it's not going away. No one's listening to me. me." And I finally found an acupuncturist, um, which was the beginning of my love affair with acupuncture and herbs. And The first thing she said to me before she stuck a needle in my arm for the first time was, you heal yourself. And she had a very thick Chinese accent, very tiny woman, very strong with a needle. And she was just like, you heal yourself. She was basically like, stop crying. You heal yourself. And I was like, okay. Um... And that was just the beginning of a really profound healing journey for me, changing my relationship to food, changing my relationship to myself. Of course, I did not end up staying in that relationship, even if it was slightly against my will at the time. It was like, how could I not have seen that this was completely related? Like the whole time we were together, my body was blowing up. And yeah, how it is just such a complex, like true healing really brings all of us to the table or it invites all of us to the table, I think.
2: Absolutely. And Yeah, there's so much that you said that I'm getting excited about because it's just at least in the acknowledgement of this brings you back of like, okay, then the empowerment can come of remembering, yeah, you heal yourself. And of course, others are going to help you along the way and then navigating through that. And I don't know, there's so many different ways of approaching it, like finding a practitioner and just following, you know, And just even the way that your story that you shared, like how this one symptom led you to, you know, keep on digging, keep on going. And from the industry industries I've worked in, I've seen so many similar sentiments of being disappointed with the um, medical system as we know it and looking for answers, but not finding them and being sold on all of these different quick, quote unquote, quick fixes that end up leaving people worse off or in situations that, you know, don't even address what they were really going in for. And again, we're told, you know, trust the doctors or like, and I'm not saying don't trust doctors, but I'm just saying that you also have to get to know yourself because there is exactly what you said. It's the medical industry complex of like, that they all that there is like a sales tactic to it as well like when you're constantly going to a doctor and you're only hearing take this pill take this pill that is to me I'm like that that sounds like a salesperson because I'm trying to get to the root of why you know I need to understand my body systems which I was just talking about this with someone um cuz right now in my school we're in the section where we learn about the body systems and I feel like we graze over it in biology like there's no real concrete understanding and knowledge of how our body systems work individually than in relationship to one another. So, and I'm sure you could dedicate your whole life to studying something like that. But if we all just had the basic knowledge of, you know, that our liver is the cleansing organ. And like when people talk about detox, the only real thing that does that for us is our liver. Like, of course things can support it, but recognizing what our organs do, what their job is, how the hormones are like the communicators in our body and how we can support them in communicating healthily with one another and seeing their levels and making sure that there's enough, each one. And even like our menstrual cycles, Oh, this is such a point of contention for me because it's been a lifelong healing and understanding of it, but understanding like as people who menstruate, we have different cycles to honor, Um, I know you talk a lot about like the lunar cycle and that, and and in terms of different aspects, but honoring how the gravitational force of the moon has an impact on our soil and looking at, you know, the entire cosmos is how it affects us. So these larger systems, and then understanding how it affects us in our bodies and even going back to, I'm, I'm hopping all over the place, but going back to the menstrual cycle, like this idea that, oh, we ovulate at this certain time. Some women ovulate at different times. Like we have to get to know that and it empowers us and it can be, you know, taking our power back from the things that we gave it to. So, you know, there's so much help and there's so much support out there. But at the end of the day, I think it really takes slowing down, getting to know yourself, understanding your needs, understanding your body, listening to your body. And I think that's one of the hardest parts because we haven't been taught to listen because we outsource so much. Like I think earlier when you were talking, um, I was just reminded of how much our nervous systems are depleted over the last couple of years and in general. And because we have, we're inundated with so much information, our nervous systems are just like fucking tired, like so exhausted. And herbs, nervines can be so supportive to building up that strength and that vitality that we need right now and always.
1: Yeah, I think there can be, whether, I think it's unconscious to, because when we when we take a little bit of power back, or we try to learn to trust ourselves, or we begin to trust ourselves enough to make decisions for ourselves again in regards to our body, there's also a responsibility that comes with that. And I think sometimes there's a way that we're trying to avoid that responsibility because we're not used to holding it. Um, like if something goes wrong because someone told me to do something that's different because it's not my fault or I had nothing to do with it. I just did what I was told. And there's a way that we're, um, and we can see that a little bit in our relationship to the earth too, as this like mirror for ourselves. Is that like with trash or, um, with pollution or with what It's was just like, Oh, somebody else will take care of it. I just take it out to the curve. Somebody else will take care of it. Like there's a way that there's a, a separation in the way that we look at our organ systems as if they're this like separate thing, like our, like, I don't That's anyways. And like the fact that my husband's been getting a lot of work on his teeth this year. And it's like, who thought that it was a good idea to put mercury in your mouth? Like, you know, as if it's just, you know, as if it's just like, it just stays there. Like what? Like, it's just a ridiculous, I just can't even, that blows my mind. Um, But the way that, yeah, we think everything is separate and like, this is my little responsibility over here, which is just me. And then so someone else will take care of it and, and how that manifests in so many different ways
2: as you're talking, what I'm being reminded of in like a theme that just keeps coming up is interdependence in terms of the, the word dependence is there and independence is there, but also realizing like this correlation and yeah, taking out your trash and leaving it for someone else. It's just that, what is that? Um, like, if you don't see it, it's not, it's, yeah, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And, we, and that's like the bubbles we live in, But I think that they are breaking and I do think we are like realizing at at least I'll speak for myself. I feel like over the last couple of years there has been so many realizations of like what I do affects my body as a whole, thus the my community as a whole, thus the earth as a whole, and those mirrors that are there too. Like I used to say for a long time we are of nature and just that shift of no like I am nature, we are nature is really a huge difference. Just acknowledging that in itself. So it can be really simple. And I think sometimes I wonder if like, as I'm talking or the things I'm saying, if it does seem intimidating or so far off because of the lives we live and the fast pace and the, you know, quote unquote modernity and technology and all of these things. But like, I keep (laughs) this, I guess, the word remembering, but just becoming part of that whole again, it just takes unlearning. It takes diligence. It also takes discernment, I think, as well. Um, it I think it sounds much more um, hard than it is, but day by day, like, and following these threads, like just letting them take you to the places, which is what the plants do as well.
1: Yeah, like the plants are here to help us do that. Like how the plants are doing tells us how we're doing, how the ocean's doing, how the whales are doing, how the monkey, like they tell us how we're doing. And they're all, they're these little whispers. They're, they're not even whispering. at this point. they're like yelling. But like, you know, it's just these little threads that are just like, if you just follow it, you know, even if something that I tell people a lot, it's just like, find that thing that you really, really care about. Maybe it's plants, maybe it's whales, maybe it's tigers, maybe it's pit bulls. I don't know. Maybe it's trees, but like you're going to find that's an entry point into everything is connected. And once you start giving a shit about that, you're going to realize that it's connected to this other thing. And then you start realizing all these things and suddenly you're immersed in purpose and you're immersed in an opportunity for healing. And yeah, I think thinking of them as threads is a really useful picture for that.
2: Absolutely. And and reminding, I think what you're doing and saying that is reminding people that the seeds planted in their heart are planted there for a reason and Do you want to, how do you want to nurture them? How do you want to nourish them? How do you want to see them grow? And some of them will die off. Like as we were talking about the abundance earlier with the plants and and things like that, I'm thinking a lot about the upcoming fall and winter season. For the first time, I've grown my tiny garden to a point where I'm really excited to see the shifts and changes that each of the plants have within the seasonality and realizing that the death and rebirth in the dormant season is as much as part of the abundance as is the bloom.
1: Totally. It's so necessary as we've had. So where I live, we've had crazy amount of rain. I feel like I live in the tropics this year. And so like rot has been a really big thing. And so now I'm like, all right, it's time for the cover crop to go in. We're going to give this part of the thing a rest. Like it's just been a really different um, approach and something that I'll do a whole episode on at some point, but is thinking about like how we approach those problems instead of just forging ahead or like spraying it with a thing or like the missile approach and think not thinking of all the life we destroy in the process. It's like, is how would nature solve this problem? Like how does nature solve this problem? And then like getting into that flow, I think.
2: I love that question. And I think if we continue to look at nature, look at how the flowers blossom, how the seeds grow, how the vegetation turns into harvest we can solve all our issues (laughs) like so simple um just observe and watch and like reflect that back in yourself because even when I think about the dormant season and I think about the winter and all that I think about grief and how much that's been taken out of our um our ways of being and healing like making space and time for grief making space and time for um, for really letting that emotion sit with us and then moving through it in ways that are supportive. And I've learned a lot through Indigenous wisdom and Indigenous cultures of how that grief can be released in a healthy way and in a way, I don't even want to say healthy, but experienced because it's part of life. And I think we shove it down so far that then it ends up creating all of this other dysfunction and dysregulation in the body.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, Like let the problem be the problem so that we can get to know what is the problem. We need to know what it is. It needs, it's here to tell us something. The fact that my back hurts is here to tell me something about something else or the fact that my skin's flaring up, is here to tell, it's telling me about something. So I've got to, what is it trying to tell me Um, and get curious about that. And even, yeah, learn to love it a little bit. Um. I feel like we're heading, we're at the point where we're reaching towards the end of our conversation and where I like to invite people. Is there anything that you feel like we didn't make space for? Is there anything that you would like to leave us with before we get into where we can find you and follow up with you and all the things that you're doing? I just
2: want to say again, like it can't, I think we talked about so many things that are such like big picture, but just bringing it all back like home and just, I don't know if, hoping to inspire some people to just daily practice of like maybe sit with your indoor plant, maybe pay attention to a plant that keeps showing up for you. And those really simple grounded ways of all these like bigger overarching themes we're talking about is just bringing it in simply. Um, Meditating with a plant and letting, you know, letting that spirit speak with you and, and trusting your nudges of, you know what plants want to get to know you and and there there's a reason they want to get to know you and there's a reason that you can get to know them um even if it's just as simple as for pleasure and joy and beauty that's not frivolous um and where you can find me you can find me on instagram at mariposa journal um I also have a podcast called The Healer Series, where I interview curanderas and other healers and try to uh, weave in practical ways you can apply it to your own life. Um, Mary Grace is on the podcast as well, so you can listen to a reverse conversation there. And, excuse me, um, yeah, you can find me on Mariposa-Journal. I have a small apothecary there, and we do virtual healing workshops, um, every month starting in January. So there's a bunch of ways to connect. And I hope that um, if anything landed on you or sits with you that you have any questions, please feel free to find find me and reach, reach out to me.
1: Beautiful. I'll make sure we have all of that in the show notes, all the links to any upcoming classes or things that are really pertinent when this episode comes out. And I want to really thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and your perspective and for sharing your story with us. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Mary Grace. I feel like we speak a similar language.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and share the episode. Check out the links below to learn more about things we talked about and find free resources. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us inside of the Homebody Portal, a free online community where you can talk more about the episode, learn with us, and connect with others. Let us be in service to life with courage, creativity, and connection. Thank you for being here. Be well. Peace.